welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Okay, uh, the uh, name of this uh, session is Steps 4 through 9, Clearing Away the Wreckage of the Past. Uh, please join me in a moment of silence, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Prayer, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. In the spirit of carrying the essay message, this meeting is being recorded. If you are not sure your share will be appropriate or on topic, please participate by listening. The recording equipment will not be turned off for any reason. If you wish uh, to share, speak directly into the microphone so the listener can follow you. If you do not wish to be recorded, we invite you to participate by listening or attending another session. Please do not touch any of the recording equipment. If your name is not Lee, do not touch any of the recording equipment. Um, we're going to do this uh, session a little bit uh, uh, differently, perhaps, and uh, I'm going to uh, share on steps four through nine. Um, I will also uh, attempt to answer any questions that people may have. I'm going to ask that if you have a question, just walk up, have a seat here in the chair. You don't have to wait for me to stop to come up here and uh, and and. Uh, 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 sh- share or ask a question. Um, I will probably want to complete the thought that I'm I'm uh, expressing before I turn the microphone over to you. But uh, uh, please, if you uh, do have any questions or comments, uh, come up here uh, uh, to and speak into the microphone. Otherwise, I will need to uh, repeat the uh, question so that the people listening who are not actually here will be able to to hear. So, uh, step four through nine, and they refer to this as uh, clearing away the uh, wreckage. The first part, the first point I want to make is that uh, 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 step four follows step three, and uh, it is... uh, Step three is is a decision to make to turn our life and our will over to the care of God as we understand God. Um, and so the question is, how do we turn our life and our will over to the care of God? Uh, I like what uh, Joe and Charlie uh, said twenty something thirty years ago that our 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 lives are our actions and our will are our thoughts. And uh, so the, the first thing I'm going to need to do is begin to change my actions and find a way to change my thoughts. 
Um, many people have the uh, the belief that if they say the third step prayer each morning, they've done the third step. But that is not that is not true. You can do the third step prayer every morning for years and and have no recovery uh, because uh, if you uh, make a decision to turn your life and your will over to the care of God, uh, then any decision has to be followed by action. A decision that is not followed by action is not a decision. It might be an intention, but it is not a decision. So once we make this decision, what is the action? Well, fortunately for people who have damaged their brains with uh, lust and uh, other dangerous chemicals, including some flammable liquids, uh, the instructions say, uh, next we launched out on a course of vigorous action. Oh, action, there it is. And it's going to tell us what to do. So it, it speaks, first of all, with step four, uh, which is a... Uh, 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 house cleaning is one way he describes it. And then he goes on to, to talk about um, that, uh, it, that it needs to be an inventory. And he says that a, a business that doesn't take a commercial inventory isn't going to be in business long. And that this type of inventory is a fact-finding and fact-facing process. A lot of people are terrified by step four. They think this is where you're going to write down every nasty, disgusting thing you ever did uh, and, uh, and, and share it with somebody so that you can be told what a, a rotten, uh, pitiful excuse for a human being you are. Does that sound about right uh, when you first read Step 4? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought too. In fact, uh, Step 4 is, uh, uh, is a... Uh, is is not just one inventory, it's actually three separate inventories. And I want to, to read this because it makes perfect sense when you consider the context. Okay? First, we searched out the flaws in our makeup which had caused our failure. Okay? They didn't cause our failure. It's the flaws in our makeup that caused our failure. Being convinced, and that's good news, by the way. It sounds terrible, but the good news is that if it is, the bad news is if it's really them, then we can't get better until they straighten up and do right. But if the problem's us, we can start making changes with us, and and we can start to to recover regardless of what they do or don't do. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what had defeated us, we considered its common manifestations. So what are the common manifestations of self which have defeated us? What are the manifestations of self or a life run on self-will? If you're living on self-will, I would submit that, that the manifestations that will show up in most glaring fashion will be resentment, fear, and hurting other people. And what we're going to do is we're going to make three inventories. The first is the the inventory of resentments. The next one we're going to make is we're going to make an inventory of our fears, 
And finally, we're going to make a list of the people we have harmed by our efforts at living on self-will. Three simple inventories. Okay? And um, uh, I'm not going to belabor the point here because there's no way we're going to go through each of these steps in details. I'm going to offer a plug, but first I have to make a, a disclaimer. I am not employed by, nor do I own any stock in Lee's CDs. So whatever sales Lee makes, I do not derive any financial benefit. With that being said, there is a recording that Lee has of a retreat that we did in, in uh, Detroit several years ago that took place over two weekends. And uh, the recording lasts for many hours. Um, but in that retreat, we actually worked the steps. And I, I offer to you that if you want detailed information, that would be one source. Another source, which uh, I find most useful, is essay-approved literature, just like the big book. It's called Step Into Action. And when you read Step Into Action, in, uh, as it treats each, uh, each uh, step, it has a section that's called One Way of Working the individual step. So in this case, you would find uh, a way of working uh, 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 step four. And again, this, this talks about uh, uh, very precise instructions on how to go, how, how to go forward with the inventory. Uh, and, and if you look at it, you're going to see that it very careful, very closely follows the instructions out of the big book. That is not a coincidence. Um, so, the first thing we do is we, we make our, our uh, resentment inventory. And it's going to end up being a four-column inventory. And what I encourage people to do is to get a spiral notebook and uh, open it so you've got two clean sheets of paper looking at you. And on the left-hand side, most of these uh, notebooks have a, a little red line right down. That's very convenient because the first the the uh, the first thing you want to I, actually I, I made a mistake. The first thing you want to do is take a piece, take one of the pages, and make a list of all the all the uh, people, institutions, or principles toward whom you are resentful. People are easy. We know who they are. We know where most of them live. Okay? Principles. Anybody in here who doesn't have or never had a resentment towards the uh, IRS or tax agency of your country? For the record, no hands went up. Okay? A lot of us have resentments toward the local police department um, uh, and, and other institutions uh, the Department of Motor Vehicles that re uh, revoked our licenses, etc. Those are institutions. Principles. One of my one of the principles uh, that I that I completely reject and disagree with is the principle that God helps those who helps themselves, which means that those who can't help themselves are screwed. And if you could help yourself, why the hell are you in an essay meeting? Just go out and help yourself and stop doing it. 
Okay? I would argue that God helps those who cannot help themselves. But that's just me. But I had a resentment towards that. And I've got a few others uh, of, of those. But those are the type of principles that, that towards, towards whom I had a resentment. So first you make the list. Then what you do is you get to the two pages, take the first uh, name off the list, write it in the left-hand corner. Then uh, next to that, you write uh, the cause. Why are you angry at this person? And on page 65... Uh, it, it, it gives a very clear example of the first three columns. And this is what I, what, this is the fun part. I, I am resentful at my boss because, and I get to talk about why my boss is such an SOB. Um, some people who are a little too, uh, a bit too literal for me, have noticed that, that in the big book, the longest resentment uh, uh, is 19 words long, and they say it should only be 19 words. I'm, I'm not quite that uh, obsessive, but I do insist that, um, that, that on the resentment inventory, uh, mom and dad can get no more than one half page each, okay? That's all you're allowed to write about, mom and dad. After that, everybody else can only get a maximum of three lines. Okay? If you think about what that looks like, three lines of your, of your notebook paper, you can get, you can get the high points. I'm not interested in the dramatic details. I want to know, I want you to get down very clear and concisely what it is this person's done that's got you so upset. I'll also make the observation. Anybody here who wants to say that uh, Dad never came to any of my uh, ball games? Okay. Is it true that he he didn't come to a single ball game or that he didn't come to most of the ball games? Okay. For it may be for some people that he never came. But if it, if it, that's not true, if the truth is that Dad missed most of my ball games, write down the truth. Remember, those who do not recover, those who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves, lie to the IRS, lie to your sponsor, lie to your priest, whatever. You can make amends later. But if you're lying to yourself, you're going to die. So let's get to the truth. And this is your first opportunity to really do that. Uh, then you take the second name off the list and you put what they did, then the third name and what they did and so forth. We're working columns. We're not working rows. We're working columns. So we, I, I have my, my guys finish column two before they start column three. Uh, column three, uh, I'm looking at page uh, 64 and 65. In column three, it looks, it looks at the parts of self that are being affected. They give you five and only five options. That's what I allow for, for my guys. I'm going to get to number six in a minute. Uh, and it, it, and I'm quoting, self-esteem, security, ambitions, personal or sexual relationships. Uh, on page 64, instead of uh, security, it says pocketbooks. I would say that security encompasses more than just how much money I have. So I like security better, but if somebody puts pocketbook, I don't care. And the very last uh, 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 example on 65 under the wife, uh, it says pride. 
Now, I find that pride always resolves itself into uh, ambitions uh, uh, and self-esteem, but if you must use pride, that's okay. It's in the book. Who am I to argue with the, with, with the authors? But, but when somebody puts it affects my inner child, we, I don't think I've ever torn up somebody's inventory and handed it back to them. But that's, that's probably what would get me. And it's not, it's not, I don't want psychobabble in a fearless and moral inventory. I'm, I'm, I am a, a, I am alive today because of good therapy. And I had a good therapist. And I know that I am not one. I'm a fair to middle and sponsor, but as a therapist, I fail miserably. So let's keep the, the psychological therapeutic terms out of our recovery work only because I'm not qualified to deal with it. And, and then if you need to discuss therapeutic terms and, and psychological terms, then go find a good psychotherapist uh, who can who can really help you with that. It's kind of kind of like uh, you know I don't I don't want I don't want uh, 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 I don't want somebody who delivers baby babies doing surgery on my heart. Okay, he may be excellent delivering babies, but not at heart surgery. And I'm like I say I'm I'm okay as a sponsor. I'm not a good therapist. So we're going to stick with what's in the book on this. Then in the next couple of pages, it talks about that, that when we look back at the list, we see that, all, that, that some of the people have done some pretty bad things. And, uh, it, and it also tells us on page 66, it tells us if we don't get past that, that we're going to die. And it, it doesn't tell us that once. It has six specific death threats on page 66. They're trying to make a point here. Resentments are not something I can afford. And that tells me what to do about it, uh, about uh, resentments uh, on the bottom of 66 and top of 67, where it talks about how uh, uh, I realize that the people who wronged me are perhaps spiritually sick. Realize, to make it real, okay, to make it real, that, the, that my mother, my father, who were both both died active alcoholics, that these people were spiritually sick, just like I've been spiritually sick. Because that's what it says here. Uh, they, like ourselves, were sick too. See, I'm not looking down on somebody from some sense of moral superiority now that I've done all three steps and I'm into four and I'm a spiritual giant and I'm going to take pity on these poor spiritually sick people. I'm looking at these people as being spiritually sick just like I've been spiritually sick. And though I did not like the symptoms of their spiritual uh, sickness and the way these disturbed us, I've got to get past that. There's a subtlety in that. I don't like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us. I read this though I did not like their symptoms in the way they, the people, disturbed me. It's not the people who are disturbing me. It's their symptoms of their spiritual malady. We ask God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. How many of you today have sick friends that you were sitting in the first meeting they ever attended? 
to a number of folks. None of you ever been in a newcomers meeting? The rest of you? Okay. I got to tell you, you went to a newcomers meeting. Who wanted to be, who, what sane person would have wanted to be your friend when you showed up at the, your newcomers meeting? Okay. But how did the people of, uh, of, uh, at that meeting treat you? They welcomed you with open arms. Now I have, I have been in dozens if not hundreds of newcomer meetings over, over the, the years. So why would I treat my, my wife, my son, a coworker any worse than I treat a pervert showing up at, at his or her first meeting? Right? So I want to show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience I would cheerfully grant a sick friend showing up at his first meeting. I added that. That's not in the book. But that's how I think about it. I want to, I want to show these sick people the same consideration I show sick people when they show up at an AA or SA meeting for the first time. When a person offended, we said to ourselves as a sick person, how can I be helpful? God save me from being angry. Thy will be done. This is a prayer. And I've actually written out the, the prayer that I use for the people. Okay? Using this as a guideline. It talks about how we don't, uh, we avoid retaliation or argument and, and, and we pray for these people. If you ignore these, the, this particular uh, part of the process, you miss out on the most important part, I believe. And that is that as I start praying for, for, for these people, and the, the, the best suggestion I've heard is pray all the way through the list, and then um, the next day, and, and you may not get all the way through the list the first time, but keep praying till you pray through the list. In other words, you've done three columns, and now you're praying. You, when you start praying through the list, when you come to somebody and you say, yeah, I see that when he did that, he was sick. I've done things like that. I'm not really angry with him. Just put a check mark by it. This is a very important moment where you have to decide something. When you start going through these resentments, you, and you're at this point, you've got to decide. Do I want mercy for everybody or do I want justice for everybody? And you're part of everybody. So you got to decide, do you want justice for everything that, that you've done or do you want mercy for the things you've done? And, and this is where we begin to have the change of attitude. Now, I will tell you that it took me a number of, of inventories and a couple of years before I finally was able to see my parents as the lost, lonely, terrified four, five, six-year-old that I once was. But when I saw the wounded child in my parent that became the abusive person that I lived with, then I was able to connect with the pain of the child and forgive the behavior of the adult. 
because it, because I know what drove me to act like the person I was when I showed up at my first 12-step meeting. And and if any of you would had any sense and been at that meeting, you would have taken four or five steps way back and said, Hey, old-timers, we got one for you here. I, I knew that the two there were two options, homicide and suicide, and I knew that I had to get the sequence right. And and today, uh, I I, you know, I am not that person. That's all I can say. I'm not that person. The other thing that I that allowed me the same tolerance, pity, and patience. Do you remember the Do you remember the last week? of your active disease. The last week of my parents' active disease was the last week of their lives. They died in that misery. Can't you find some compassion for somebody whose life ends like that? Took me a while, but I did. Don't skimp on this. Now, I'm going to offer that there's two schools of thought, and I'll share my prejudice with you. Some people say you need to pray until you can forgive everybody before you move on. If I'd waited that long, I'd have died. I prayed, I started forgiving some people, and then I moved on. And I kept praying and praying, and I kept checking names off as I moved forward. But I, once I had the concept that forgiveness is possible, then I started moving on. And then it, it, it says that the next thing we do, this is column four, it says putting, uh, putting out of our minds the wrongs others had done, we resolutely look for our own mistakes. I'm going to go into this in some detail. Where have we been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, or frightened? Those are your four options. Selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, or frightened. What's the difference between selfish and self-seeking? I'm not sure. Somebody once suggested that selfish is what I do to keep what I have. Self-seeking is what I do to get what I want from you. Sometimes that gets a little blurry. I've never argued with somebody and said, no, that wasn't self-seeking, that was selfish. I have told somebody you overlooked where you were frightened or you don't see where you've been dishonest. Let me point it out to you. I'm talking about in step five. So those are the four options. Though a situation had not been entirely our fault, we tried to disregard the other person entirely. Where were we to blame? The inventory was ours, not the other man's. When we saw our faults, we listed them. We placed them before us in black and white. We admitted our wrongs honestly and were willing to set these matters straight. Now, I want you to, 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 to note that nowhere in this paragraph does it use the word part. Okay, it says we look for our mistakes, where were we to blame, look for our faults, and admit our wrongs. The reason I think this is important beyond semantics is that if if I'm looking for my part, that means the other person has a part, and it says I should I should disregard uh, uh, I should uh, 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 putting out of my mind the wrongs others had done. Put it out of my mind. If I'm going back to a part, now I'm bringing in their part. And guess whose part's always worse? All right? But what I'm looking for is a mistake. Well, I can correct a mistake. Where was I to blame? Well, if I've done something wrong, I can make amends. 
when I find my faults in step six and seven, they're going to show me how to how to uh, surrender those to God. And if I admit my wrongs and I'm willing to set matters straight, I'm going to get to steps eight and nine. See, now instead of being afraid of what's going to happen in six, seven, eight, and nine, now you begin to think, oh, there might be a solution here. This is the shift in attitude. Next is a fear inventory. Um, and, and it talks about making a list of our fears, asking ourselves why we have them, and then, uh, uh, and, and then, uh, asking, uh, asking God to, uh, remove our fear and direct our attention to what He would have us to be. Um, again, I, I can't get into all the details with this, but I want to offer two promises that appear right in the middle of this. Just to the extent that we do as we think He would have us and humbly rely on Him, does He enable us to match calamity with serenity? I'm ho- I, maybe I'll get lucky again. Has anybody in this room heard somebody say there's no big deals in recovery? Oh, some people are raising their hands. Okay. All right. Um, ten years ago, my brother was killed in a motorcycle accident, but it was no big deal. My brother, who I, 50 years old, died in a motorcycle accident. No big deal. No. That's a calamity. If you don't know that word, look it up. <laughs> it's a calamity. The old timers who wrote this book, in, in, in Bill's story, the, his, uh, Ebby, the, the guy who brought the message to him promised him uh, certain, not like like that he would certainly have trials and low spots. That was a promise Abby made Bill, and Bill did, and he he stayed sober through them. And here it says, "I can match calamity with serenity." Yes, I did. I'm not saying I didn't have any sadness, grief, emotional uh, upheaval, but in the midst of all of it, I had serenity. And that may not make sense to you until after you've uh, until after you've gone through this work. But after you've gone through this work, you'll you'll understand. The other is, it says, we ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us to be. Here's the promise. At once, we commence to outgrow fear. I tell people, particularly the men I sponsor, that I am not an expert on recovery. I have worked through the steps under the guidance of a sponsor who worked the steps under the guidance of his sponsor, and we use the big book as the guide. And I'm not an expert on recovery. But I am an expert on fear panic and terror because that's what I brought in. Okay? If if you have if you have not gone sleepless without the use of stimulants or drugs for three or four days in a row, you don't understand what I'm talking about. If you have, you might. You don't have to be to that degree in order to benefit from this. What I'm telling you is that if you're if you're Fear, terror, and panic is that bad 
that you go for one or two days at a time where you don't sleep because it's that bad. I have a solution for you and I know it works. Because it, because it, I can tell you precisely what I did. Fortunately, it's all written out there on page 68. There's some details that, 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 that I can add of my own experience, but here's the instructions. Uh, then on the, the, the third inventory we're supposed to do is, uh, uh, the harm's done others. It starts off now about sex. And it goes through and it has a series of questions where it says, uh, um, uh, we reviewed our conduct over the years past. Where have we been? Selfish, dishonest, inconsiderate. Whom had we hurt? Did we unjustifiably arouse jealousy, suspicion, or bitterness? Where have we been at fault? What could we have done instead? We got this down on paper and looked at it. Now, if you think about sexual misconduct, that all makes sense, right? Selfish, dishonest, inconsiderate. Whom had we hurt? Aroused jealousy, suspicion, or bitterness. Let me tell you a story about taking a project that, that two people had worked on. Um, uh, it got on the boss's desk. He, he thought it was all my work, and I did not tell him about the other person's contributions. Do you think that that was selfish, dishonest, and inconsiderate? Absolutely. Do you think that I, I uh, hurt the other guy? Oh, yeah. Do you think he was jealous of the, the, uh, of, of the uh, benefits I got from, from, from being rewarded for, his, for our work as if it were my work? You think he was suspicious of me going forward? Think there might have been a little bitterness? Now, the way that I approach this is I have people write their, their list of, of, of people they've harmed sexually, and then the list of, of other people they've harmed uh, uh, in, 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 without sexual harm. Okay? I just mentioned one, one of my, what I refer to as the silver bullets. It's kind of like it, it, you know, the silver bullet's what, uh, what kills the werewolf. And, and the silver bullet is, is what, what, uh, what kills my notion that I'm a pretty decent guy except for this little masturbation problem. Okay? I, I am inherently a selfish, dishonest, dishonest, inconsiderate, self-seeking, frightened individual. That's what I brought to the party when I showed up. That's not who I am today, but that is what I brought to the party as a result of trying to live on self-will. Um, it, there is a line back in the resentment category where it talks about um, uh, that we keep we go back through uh, back through our lives as far as 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 our memories will allow to see the people. That we have harmed. So, so that that's that, and that's now that's the first that's the first inventory. Today, when I do, uh, and and this is another fun one. Uh, Harvey had a sponsor. You must some of you have heard the name Cherry, uh, and and Cherry is still creating resentments in in AA meetings in Nashville, twenty something years after his death. 
and 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 uh, uh, Cherry uh, uh, comforted those that were uh, uh, that were were hopeless, and and he uh, he disturbed the people who were uh, too comfortable. And uh, but Cherry once told Harvey, Harvey, you do step four one time only. After that, it's step ten. And I don't. I tell my sponsees, I don't care what you call it, what number you give it. Just do the work and get the results. And you will hear me from time to time talking about my first step, implying that there was another fourth step, my first fourth step, and implying there's another fourth step. Or you'll hear me talking about my 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 tenth most recent tenth step. And it doesn't matter what you call it. Uh, I use the same process when I sit down to do my annual or semi-annual house cleaning or any time that I'm emotionally disturbed and it doesn't go away with my simple end-of-the-day review and I sit down to write and figure out what's going on, I use it. I start with, because I just assume, if I'm emotionally disturbed, there's resentment, fear, and, 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 and guilt and remorse for some bad things I've done to other people. It's it, one of the, and, and, and at least one, usually two or sometimes three of those things, will show up. And then it's kind of like, okay, here's the source of the of the emotional disturbance. Now, what what am I going to do about it? And fortunately, I have a sponsor who keeps me from saying, "Well, there's a fire. I think I'll pour this gasoline on it." So, uh, so that's the that's that's really all that ha- that's gotten written on step on step four. Uh, I I would argue that a properly written step four. Uh, 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 doesn't need to con- uh, contain uh, any pornographic details that you would be embarrassed to have your fill-in-the-blank uh, minister, priest, mother, whatever, uh, read. If, if it involves marital infidelity, you probably don't want your spouse reading the details about that. But but the point is not to describe in pornographic detail what I did. It's to look at how did I hurt the other person, and I can put that down, and uh, and and uh, and not be afraid of of what if somebody finds out about this. Yes, you had a question. Yes, thank you. Um, my question was for the harms to others inventory on step four. Um, how would that be different? Because, like, aren't I technically required to write a list of all the, the people that I harmed in step eight? So, how would that be different? That is an excellent question, and when we get there, I will bring it back to this. Uh, but uh, um, there is a uh, right after um, uh, on page seventy-six, right after step uh, seven, it says. We have a list of all persons we have harmed and to whom we are willing to make amends. We made it when we took inventory. That's the answer. That's how I know that that I'm supposed to make a list of the people I harmed even if I didn't have sex with them when I'm doing step four. Otherwise, the only people that I have to make amends to are the people that I harm sexually, and I don't have to make amends to that poor guy that I stole to because I never had sex with him. Never really wanted to. No lust involved. Okay? So that means I get a free pass on that? I don't think so. So that's, and that's, that, like I say, I go back to this because I have people say, well, it doesn't say in here that you have to make, uh, make this inventory of people unless you had sex with them. 
Well, how do you get to, to that line on page 76? So, again, the other is the question uh, that, that, I, that I've heard from another guy uh, says, uh, how free do you want to be? Later on, it says we have to lose our fear of our creditors or we're likely to drink again. No, I have to lose my fear of everybody I've harmed. I can walk, I can go anywhere I want to, and I'm not afraid of running into anyone from my past. Period. That's it. I've made amends to as many as I can, and if I run into someone that I've harmed and haven't been able to find and make amends, my sponsor's already had me write out what I'm going to say to them. I'm ready. If I walk into an, an SA meeting or an AA meeting or church or the checkout line, at, at the grocery and see somebody that I harmed before, including an acting out partner, I know exactly what I'm going to say to that person. And I'm not going to turn around and say, I hope he, she, it didn't see me. Let me get out of here. I'm going to walk over. I know exactly what I'm going to say. I, and and I'm, it's really very simple. The introduction or the approach is, hi, I haven't seen you in a while. The last time I saw you, I did not treat you with the respect and dignity you deserve. I'd like to, to, to try and set things right, and if you're willing to talk about that with me, I'm, I'm available. And if the other person says that was a long time ago, I, I don't want to talk about it, I, I accept that. If the person looks at me with daggers and says, you son of a bitch, I don't ever want to speak to you again for as long as you live. And I want to outlive you so I can come spit on your corpse. Then I'm, we're done. Okay, but I've made my approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the uh, where was I to blame section as well as the the the, uh, the column on the four step inventory where it says affects my do I just uh, limit myself to the ones that are available, like selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, frightened, or if there's a case where it involves other things, do I add that as well? I I think that the place to start is with 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 uh, with what's writ what's what the options in the book. Uh, and the reason I I try to keep that limited is I my my first inventory. Uh, I don't remember how many pages long it was. It was not as close to the longest I've ever seen. But if you had given uh, I, I like to read lots of literature. I've got all kinds of fancy words that I can throw in there, and I could have I could have made this incredibly dramatic. Now, if you knew my sponsor, you know how well that would have gone. But 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 by sticking to this, it gets us to the moral, searching and for searching and fearless moral inventory of myself. Hi. Um, I have a question about the uh, praying for the people on our resentment list. Um, in addition to the people that are on our resentment list, we also need to list the organizations. And, and, and how, how do you pray for an organization that can't be sick? Well, actually, uh, most every government organization, and I've worked in a few of them, are incredibly dysfunctional. They have a, they, they, they have a task... Uh, that they're supposed to be performing as, as ordered by either the Congress or the state legislature. They're not given the resources, uh, necessary to accomplish it. And furthermore, 
the people who are at the head of it are political appointees who consider that their mission is to keep their uh, phony baloney job. And when you put all this together, the organization is incredibly sick and dysfunctional. And and if anybody knows of a of a of an, an any sort of organization where that is not true, including uh, corporations that may may make a lot of money, but at the same time are are just just completely uh, uh, destroying opportunity after opportunity, pushing good people out the door all the time, and so forth. I've never I've never found one that wasn't. So the the point is that that what I want to do is recognize that uh, that while I I I probably don't want to uh, take the local uh, uh, office of the IRS uh, out to to lunch one day. Uh, I I really can take and, and it it talks about in in here in the uh, in that prayer it says uh, it says uh, we may not be able to be helpful to all people but at least God will show us how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one and I have a pretty kind and tolerant view of these governmental and and other other organizations okay and that's and if kind and tolerance is good as it's going to get. At least I don't lie awake at night figuring out how I how I'm going to get even with those people. Okay. Okay. Is the same true about the principles? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what I've kind of done is is is, is allowed. It, I guess it's the idea that it, that that I allow I allow people to say things with which I disagree. And 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 not try to figure. It's not my job to to help them see the error of their ways. Thank you. And that's I tell you that's that saves me a lot of time because because you do you realize how many people there are that are so profoundly wrong. <laughs> I regret recovering sexology. Um, question is this: I've done my step. Uh, I've done a step four with. My sponsor, and he has not had me write out the people that I have harmed. He had me write out institutions and people that I was resentful and principles. Um, I'd like to blame him for the fact that I still feel irritable and discontent at many times and that I don't get that joyous and free that I think I should be able to get. Yes, my question to you is, should I be looking for another sponsor or should I be telling my sponsor how... He should be working my program with me, or something to that effect. Okay, I have this is simple. Uh, story. The simple answer is ask him if he'll if he'll help you work the steps the way they're laid out in the big book, and if he and and I have this personal experience when I got out of the hospital 24 years ago uh, and went to talk to my sponsor about working the steps. I realized that he had no idea. What I was talking about as it related to step four, because he'd never worked the steps. So I, I went and found another sponsor. Okay, if it's simply a matter that he that 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 either it was incomplete and he's and he's willing to work through. But the, again, the question is, have you ever done this? Because if you haven't, I go whitewater rafting and I go on some rivers where where at least a dozen people a year die, and I don't go I don't go down those rivers with just me and my buddy. In, in the, in the, the big tube, okay? 
I go down there with a with a qualified guide. And my qualified guide, Rick, did this with his sponsor. And Rick's first sponsor died years ago. Right now, Rick's sponsor has 53 years. And uh, Rick and Tom are still writing their own inventories when the need comes up and sitting down with their sponsor to discuss what they need to do. They've been doing it for a long time, so that qualifies them to show me what I need to do. So that the answer is if, if, if the person is willing, is able and willing to help you, then go ahead. And if the person's not able, then find someone who can. Um, I'm, I'm going to move on. You, you're certainly welcome to, to come up here in a minute if you'd like. Uh, but here, uh, what I want to do is um, we're going to take a break here in a minute because we're supposed to go to 5.50, and I can't sit here till 5.50. And I don't expect – so we're going to take a break here in a minute. But I think there's a good place coming up, and that is uh, step five. Uh, I like, if you look on page 113 of the White Book, if you've got it, there's a, a section uh, in Step 5 uh, that says a, a, a very special time. I'm just going to read the first paragraph because it's... Ideally, the fifth step should be taken with one sponsor, the one who should know us better than anyone and the one we trust the most. In subsequent dealings with us, it will be it work to their advantage and to ours if they have benefit of this in-depth self-disclosure. That's this was written by our founder, Roy, who, who got, got sober by going to AA meetings. If you look at this in, 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 the, uh, in the big book, it talks about how finding the right person with whom to share. Our, remember when they wrote this book, they were planning to, to send it, mail it out to alcoholics around the co- country where there would be no sponsor. These people were supposed to read the book, follow the instructions without benefit of a sponsor, except writing letters back to New York to get to, to get help and so forth. And and it, and it, it talks about things like uh, maybe doing it with a with a uh, clergy person or uh, or or a closed ma- closed mouth acquaintance. But the point is. That, that, that these instructions are fine when there's not a sponsor available. We have a sponsor. I did my, uh, my fifth step with my sponsor. And if you want to try this one, this is really powerful stuff, by the way. And, and I'm not, I, I wish I could take credit for this, but, but a fellow named Mark Houston and Dave Fredrickson, uh, taught me about this. Um, and and if you want to know more about them, ask Lee. He'll give you the recordings. Anyway, let's get back to, to this. Do your fifth step with your sponsor. Then take what you've written to your clergy person, priest, rabbi, minister. Go through it with that person. Then then after and 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 and, and then whatever your religious requirements are, meet them. I'm in a particular church where we have a, a specific confessional type of of of, of uh, liturgy that we do, and it's not it's it, it's not the one you think it is, but uh, but it, it's it's similar. And 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 I went through that. Then, and this is the suggestion I got from Mark and Dave, and I've tried it. It's it's impressive. Do it not only with your sponsor. 
and maybe your your minister when you write your next inventory because you only write one inventory you're not going to stay sober anyway you don't have to worry about it if you I'm serious I'm serious if you write one inventory and don't do step 10 on a on a regular basis you're not going to stay sober and even if you stay dry you're going to be so miserable somebody's going to want to buy you a drink okay you know um But but do the do the do the inventory, do the fifth step with your sponsor, and then go go find three or four of the the uh, of the, the spiritual people. They may be old timers in your group. They may be elders at your church. They may be people who are otherwise some for, sort of spiritual mentor to you. Do it with several people and listen to what different the feedback you get from different people. And here's the beauty of it. When, when they come at you from all these different directions, you know, you, you, you defend yourself with your sponsor because he's working from a 12-step program. Then, then you defend yourself with your priest because it's the religious. But, but then you realize that when you move the, uh-oh, now the stuff your sponsor said is coming in. And then you try it with somebody else. And pretty soon, the ego, you realize what a lying SOB that ego is. <laughs> and the next time he says, but then you say, shut up. And you, you know, the, the ego can't stand to be laughed at. And the more you can laugh at it, the more it goes away. Blessed are those who can laugh at themselves, for they shall be endlessly amused. <laughs> uh, and then you can read the rest of it. But, but that's the point I want to make about uh, step five. Different people approach this different ways. I actually, I, uh, I had a guy who showed up with, I kid you not, three, uh, three spiral notebooks full of resentments. Okay? He said, how are we going to get through this? I said, you let me worry about this. This is your first time doing a fifth step. This is not my first rodeo. So we're going to get through this, and I know how. That's all you got to know right now. So we went through mom and dad, grandpa, you know, who all this. And, and then we, I just waited somewhere around page 5 to 10 of this, of the first book. He starts going and he says, he starts reading it and then he flips back. He says, this is the same one as this one, but it's just a different person. I said, good. Go to the next one. And he said, that's all there is for the rest of these three books. Just different names. I said, okay, now we got something. And then we got the... Because what are we looking for? Not every disgusting thing we ever did or they ever did. What we're looking for is what are our mistakes? Once you find out that you what your mistake is, the fact that you made it with fifty different people or hundred and fifty different people, it's a it's the mistake that needs to be corrected. And once you realize what your mistakes are, now I'm sure his prayer through all that, but I think what he figured out was that he really and truly could just go through them and just once he got realized what the mistakes really were, he he that 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 he really and truly could. She said, "I don't have to do any more praying after this because now he understood that it wasn't them; it was his selfishness, dishonesty, self-seeking, and fear that had caused him such pain." Bang.
Okay, it's amazing how this works. Uh, so, 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 uh, but but some people will actually go through and read through, which is what I do. I go through. I ask them to go through and share the fourth step with me. Because and and like I say, with resentments, we get to a certain point where it's kind of like we don't need to go through all this anymore. And then with the sexual harms, it's kind of like I don't want to hear that that you were that you did the same thing. I don't need to know the names of all the, the people you did it with. I need we need to see where you're selfish. And, and then we just man, and from then on it just goes. And then we then we're they're ready to make a, they're ready to they're, to start making amends. Uh, or they know what they've done wrong, so they can start start the process. And we read through we read through the fears, and uh, and and uh, one of the things I like to do when we're looking at fears is help the person find the lie that feeds the fear. Okay, I'm going to go through this uh, as a personal example. My son is very likely to be dead within the next year or two from his uh, opioid addiction. Now, that's, that's just a sad reality that I don't get to change. I'm not happy about it. He's been to treatment numerous times. He knows where the meetings are. He's got a, a father and two aunts and a bunch of friends in recovery. I, I, you heard it at lunch. I didn't cause it. I can't cure it, and I can't control it. I can love him and pray for him and let him know that whenever he decides he wants to start taking action, I'll support him. That's it. Now, I was getting restless, irritable, and discontented about this because of some things his mother had done and I was, again, see, the problem is her. No, the problem's not her. Her behavior is inexcusable, but she's not my problem. My problem is Bill. And more importantly, my problem is, is Bill's fear. And this was a pretty strong one. The fear, everybody will agree, I'm afraid my son will die. That's pretty big stuff, okay? But there's a lot. See, that, and that sounds good. It really does. Well, Bill, of course you're afraid your son's going to die. But that's not the truth. The truth is that I'm afraid of how I'm going to feel when my son's die, son dies. That sounded pretty good, but it wasn't quite the truth. The real truth is, as far as I've been able to get to it is, I am afraid that when my son dies, I'll be so emotionally devastated that I will never again be emotionally available for the the intimate relationships that I treasure so much today. I'm afraid I will become, quote-unquote, a shell of a human being and I'll lose everything that I've gotten in recovery. That's terror. That's what it is that's driving me. And that's the lie. Is there anybody in this room who's who's lost a child, who's had a child die? Okay, no hands went up now. One person, one person back there. And he's, he looks to me like he's still alive and functioning. And I've had a couple of conversations with him. He's a real person. He's not a shell of a human being. My sister lost her son when he was 17 years old. She was devastated for a year. She had a lot of crying to do. That was 
25 years ago, I'd have to count back. She's had a rich, she not, she's got a rich, full life. She's active in her AA group. She's sponsoring other women. She, she's going and doing, she, hell, we went, my wife and my sister and I went scuba diving last year. I mean, she's living life. So the lie I'm telling myself is that I'll be devastated. Who came up with that lie? Me. Once I see the lie, the fear loses its power. I am not thrilled with the prospect of, of my son's addiction. Don't think that I am have no feelings about that. That is not what recovery is about. Recovery is about feeling the feelings and and being able to live a rich, full life. Matching calamity with serenity. That's what this does for me. And if between now and the next time we meet at a convention, my son dies, I'm probably not going to be quite as cheerful as I am today. But And it may take a year or two or longer before I am, quote-unquote, back to normal. And I, don't, and I don't think I'll be back to my current normal. It'll be my new normal. But what I will tell you, this is that as a result of my sister's experience, I know that over the last twenty-something years, there's several dozen, uh, particularly women, but but also some men who have who have had a child die, and and their sponsor said, "I'll tell you who you need to call and talk with, and ask her what she's doing." It's not what I volunteered for, but whatever happens, I don't have to go through it alone. Okay, uh, I think that this is probably an excellent uh, place to stop, and uh, we will do a uh, 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 step six and seven when we come back. Why don't we uh, come back here and start at uh, four o'clock, which I think is about thirteen, twelve, thirteen minutes from now. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.